on this episode of the Naturist Living Show, moderating social media. This episode of the Naturist Living Show is brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. At Bear Oaks, we offer traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Free your body, free your mind. www.bearoaks.ca Welcome, dear listener, to episode 140 of The Naturist Living Show. My name is Stefan Deschain, and I'm your host for this podcast and the owner of Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. And I'm Samantha Graham, the show's producer and editor. This episode is brought to you by the very generous donations of Clinton G., Fred W., Juan G., Marilyn L., and Rusu. Thank you so very much for your donations, and thank you to all of the dedicated Patreon supporters. I'm truly in awe of your support. You have allowed me to begin focusing more of my time producing and editing the show. If you're not already a Patreon and would like to support me, head over to patreon.com slash show. Thanks again, and now to this episode. People who have been on social media for a while, well, not even for a while, even recently, um, especially as naturists, have probably had some experience with some sort of censorship, some post being deleted, some warning being issued. Um, it seems to be more of an issue now than ever before, but for us naturists, we've been living with it for, well, since the beginning of social media online. Um, I mean, censorship of naturist ideas is something that's been going around for a hundred years. But uh, in the past, we were uh, being restricted often by governments, and so free speech in many countries, uh, by going to court, free speech was imposed on the authorities, allowing us to print our magazines and distribute them through the mail and print the books and sell them through stores. Um, but social media is private. And as we've talked about before, um, it means they can have any rule they want. I still argue that it's become a de facto public square, public space, and therefore needs to be regulated that way. And governments are starting to agree in a lot of cases. It's no longer private when, oh, I forget, billions of people on the planet are on on Facebook. That's no longer, that's bigger than any country. Um, and that's where we share ideas. And if you're not on social media, you don't exist. So if you want to be on social media, if you want to have a group on social media, um, you need to follow their rules, which often means you need to moderate, not necessarily to the level that you'd want to, because we would want to have nudity be okay, um, but sexuality in the context of naturism not be okay, probably. Again, depends on what it is. And so we're forced to follow their rules. And so I thought it would be interesting to uh, have a conversation with a uh, group on social media um, that is trying to do just that. The group is called No Tan Lines, or NTL, for No Tan Lines. Um, and I was uh, privileged to uh, have several of the moderators agree to chat about that. <music> My name is Chris Knight, and I'm from Northeast Wisconsin. So we're in the frozen tundra, um, 
been a naturist for a long time, since maybe I was a teen. Um, I'm not sure that I, I, I love traveling. I love traveling experience. Uh, uh, being naked in nature is, is uh, what I love to do. Hi, my name is Deb Carley, and I'm a naturist. Um, I have been for officially probably about two years that I've actually called it that, but I've enjoyed being naked in the outdoors for most of my life. And um, I especially like to work with um, the nude in landscape. Um, I'm often um, photographing um, or writing about being outdoors in nature, and often that's while I'm naked as well. So I do self-portraiture with my um, nude um, form. And I also enjoy travel and going to new places, meeting people who enjoy the same sort of appreciation for nudity in nature. My name is Lisa and I live about an hour outside of London, Ontario. My uh, passion for being a naturist um, came from playing naked volleyball. I was introduced to a naturist from a very good friend of mine who has been a naturist for over 20 years. And my first experience was at uh, Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park in 2015. So I've been a naturist for just a little, little over six years. Fantastic. So the three of you, and uh, Ashley was supposed to be part of this, there's many moderators, but Ashley had problems with the bandwidth. So there's a, the three of you, we're going to talk about the three of you right now, are moderators for a Facebook group called No Tan Lines, right? That's correct. And Chris, are you the one that started that group? Yeah, it was actually started um, by Laura Lee Lang. Um, Laura Lee started it back in uh, January of 2018, January 4th, I think is the founding date. And um, uh, just through a, a turn of a life events, uh, she wasn't able to continue it. So somewhere around the fall uh, of 2018, um, I, I jumped on as a moderator, then became an admin, um, and uh, um, and then she left. She had a uh, pursue had do a little like a life pause, you know, when you have uh, a lot of things happening with family and whatnot, you just had to take a time out. Um, so that's when I, I picked it up, and uh, Chris Demers as well. Um, uh, and we've got what eight, eight or ten ad, total uh, admins and moderators in the group right now. So and it's grown, it's grown since then. Uh, now we're at 5,200 members. Uh, we had a nice growth spurt this summer. Um, but it's uh, thankfully leveled off a little, <laughs> uh, which gives us a chance to um, find out who each other is, and and um, we have less problems because when the when the group is growing really fast, we seem to have more challenges with uh, the percentage of people that always don't really want to know what the rules are, or if they don't apply to them. Um, whereas as the group is now, we've been. Um, We've been kind of stable around 5,200 members, and uh, it's actually been great despite that it's cold right now and people aren't <laughs> as easily able to. It's We've got Australians, and so they're, of course, going into summer right now, and so they're starting to uh, enjoy their warmer weather down there. Um, but, yeah, it's, that's the kind of the history of it. it it's uh, um, We've added more. We had a goal to change the demographics so that we'd have more women, uh, a higher percentage of women. Um, and to do that, uh, we were lucky to have um, some great naturists to join us in the uh, admin monitor team. Um, and that, that's, I, I think that's part of what's allowed it to continue because we don't, we don't tolerate a lot of deviation from 
Um, this is non-sexual naturism. And anything that has anything to do outside of that is outside, it's out, out of the scope of the group. Um, so, if, and Facebook, of course, has community standards, right? And our, our standards are, are just one up higher than that. So even though we don't always agree with the community standards, if you're going to be on their platform, you got to follow their standards. Uh, and I think our, our group, compared to other groups that exist, um, has a little higher standard in that we, we accept uh, a lot less than other groups do, uh, especially in the nuances of, of, of um, implementing the, you know, the rules of, okay, there's community standards, but then there's also the NTL rules uh, designed to, it's designed for continuity. In fact, I think the thing we want the most is the right to continue to exist so that we don't get blown away or blown or deplatformed. So Lisa, as a moderator, what's that job like? I think the biggest challenge is that, you know, we have a lot of people that join the group that are unaware of some of the Facebook rules associated with Facebook. And when it comes to sexual standards, nudity, and all the rules that Facebook makes up along the way. And we find that uh, part of our job is to really promote naturism in its purest and genuine form. And, you know, as much as we want people to show off um, as much as they can and, and just really tr show their true naturism, you know, Facebook does um, have those restrictions. And like Chris said, we do kind of go that step higher. And the challenge for us moderators, especially mostly on the female side too, is to make sure that people's posts are following, fall along those standards and to educate people along the way. We don't auto automatically just terminate people's membership just because they post something inappropriate to a certain degree. If it's their first offense, you know, we look at what it is they're posting, if it's a comment or a picture, and we really try to help them through it because I think the biggest thing is about educating people on the use of Facebook and the expectation of, of the group and Facebook itself. So that's really part of our job as well. And if we get the abuse, I mean, we can definitely tell who's abusing, who's being malicious, who's being inappropriate, or who's just unsure of, of how to do something, whether or not it's editing a photo or just really unaware of the rules because they're first timers. So we really try to kind of coast and coach people at the same time, but in the same sense, keeping our standards pretty high. So Deb, the uh, one of the challenges for women online is the harassment, right? You post on uh, social media and suddenly you have a whole bunch of people asking for nude pictures or trying to be your best friend or whatever it is. Are you able to create a safe space for them? Yes, I believe we can because we really don't tolerate um, direct messaging to our members. Um, we make it very clear that any discussion um, needs to be done openly and public on on the site itself, on in, within our group site. And so, I mean, it probably still happens. Do how do you monitor that? Because you can't see who's doing direct messages, right? So, um, what happens is that a a, a a typical scenario is that a male member will will uh, friend request a female member, or they'll send them a DM, uh, a personal message, and then the female member will typically screen cap that DM and they'll send it to one of the moderators, uh, and we we remove usually um, immediately because while we uh, while friend requesting is not really allowed in the rules, 
um, DMs is where we draw the line. So we, we don't want the, the female members to be, um, or, or male, but um, mostly it's, it's female members receiving DMs from guys saying, hey, because <laughs> hey, it seems like uh, seems innocent, doesn't it? But it's not. It's it's uh, if you get high or hey, ten times a day, like really, <laughs> it's it's very annoying. And we're gonna lose our our, our female members from this group if we don't uh, uh, remove members who uh, engage in DMs like that. Absolutely. Um, so, Lisa, what uh, do you do? You guys feel that you are appreciated by the, uh, the, the members of the group, or do you feel that they, 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 you annoy them because you're always enforcing rules? I think it's, a, it's the 80-20 rule. I think it always comes down to um, people that don't understand what Facebook's about, and a lot of times when we enforce rules, it's to make people aware that some of the rules that we're enforcing is not so much about what we want in some cases it's about what facebook tolerates as part of their community standards and like chris said in the beginning the facebook group itself is really is is given to us by facebook we we have this group in place and if we get a lot of um, violations you know it's it looks bad on the group and we could get shut down so we really try to enforce the best rules possible as well as trying to promote a positive and safe environment for anybody that posts any type of nature's picture. Like we really are trying to promote safety for females because as Chris mentioned in the beginning as well, there is a higher volume of men in the group than there is women. And I think us as women moderators in the group and we're very active in our postings and what we're trying to promote on the site. So we really are trying to encourage females to be a little bit more open, take a few risks and you know really share with us their experiences. And so, you know, if they feel that, you know, we're setting a really good example, then they start to feel a little bit safer to start to share some of the things that they want to share. And we really try to encourage them to post either, you know, through just general postings ourselves, through the group facilitation and just reiterating the rules of the site so that people are aware that we don't tolerate unacceptable behavior and that people will be removed and we really encourage females or males in some cases too you know we're we're pretty open for that as well in case they're being um affected as well but we really want to promote them to communicate and let us know as moderators when somebody is doing something that is against the rules and is infringing on some other privacy because then people don't share and we really want that encouragement and it to be a safe place for anybody to post but yeah, I'm sure we do annoy people though, because I think a lot of the times people feel that it's our rules and we do have some very strict rules outside of Facebook, but some of them are just, um, just to put it in that safe space. Um, you know, we don't have headless photos because we feel that people are trying to be sharing their photos on the sites. Well, how can you share something if you don't have a face or you don't, you just have a body or, you know, it's, it's very, it's, it's very hard to, to feel safe if you don't know or don't see the person that's sharing their information. So we really try to keep things pretty standard across the board and all the rules apply to everybody. They're not uh, broken down between these are for women only or these are for men. We really try to set those standards and consistencies across the board. Okay, good. So uh, Deb, how much, how much work is it being a moderator? Well, it takes a fair amount of time. 
Um, luckily, we have a large group of moderators, so it isn't a burden for any one person. Um, Chris has done a good job of extending to others so that we can share the load. And sometimes um, there's some discussion that needs to be had among the group so that we're, you know, we clarify what it is that we're, our objectives are and how we might want to get there. Um, we've had some time that we've spent in just um, clarifying the rules or modifi modifying them so that it's simpler. There are fewer judgment calls that need to be made, but it still requires, you know, individually looking at each potential violation and then evaluating it and trying to have an even hand about that. Um, I think we do a pretty good job, but it, it does take everyday work, <laughs> you know, not from each one of us every day, but every day there's work to be done. So do you like, do you take shifts so that you're all watching things uh, at all times? How does that work? Um, well, actually it works out well, just that people check in when they can. We don't have hours that we man the site or anything. There are some, um, some certain things that will sort of build up and be um, in a file that someone needs to look at, um, like new request for membership. We take a look at all the new members um, before they are admitted just to see if they've answered the questions for application and um, what other groups they belong to. If there's um, so then those kind of things will build up if um, we don't address them over a few days then then we'll take a, a long look at the stack that's accumulated. But to answer your question, we often um, just check in and see what's available, what needs to be done, um, what's up for review. So yeah, there's no no structure of who does what when. I guess uh, the admins carry the largest load for that. And then there's a few of us that um, jump in whenever we can. Uh, so, so Chris, what's uh, what's an admin versus a moderator? So Chris Demers and myself are the admins, and then the other, um, was it six or eight that we have that are our moderators? Uh, it, it really just means that the... Um, um, uh, that the group has continuity uh, so that if Chris or I uh, disappear or, or lose our account or whatever happens, um, that we have the, the group continues. Um, but then a moderator um, has all the same power as an admin, except they don't. Um, um, it, this is interesting. The, the moderators don't have the ability to see the group insights tab, which is where Facebook notifies us sometimes when they take content down. Um, uh, and also, um, this is a working theory that we've got. Uh, the If an admin does an action um, in the group, um, and that action and Facebook t overturns that action, so for example, let's just say that um, somebody reports a post for um, violating a rule. And if, if we say, if an admin says, um, no, that they didn't violate the rule, and then Facebook later turns the, overturns and takes that content down, that's the worst type of violation the group can actually sustain because um, if a member takes an action, uh, the, right now Facebook is telling us they're not going to actually take the group down if a member takes an action that um, and, they, and they remove the content. 
But if an admin takes an action, there's a higher level of risk. So sometimes Chris and I aren't able to act within the group out of fear that um, when, we're, when we're on the on the edge of the line, you know, um, and this line, it's it's not always black and white. It's very it's gray. Some it's gray often. If it wasn't gray, I guess we wouldn't have jobs. We, we, this would be all on autopilot. Um, but um, so so really, the the role of the moderators is actually that. And this, this feels wrong because you know, as a leader, I'd like to be able to just take an action and, and uh, stand by it. But I also know that um, when th things get really gray, Chris and I cannot have, we cannot do the same thing the moderators can do in terms of uh, approving, a, approving or keeping uh, a piece of content that might be taken down in the future. And we haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen it yet where a moderator has approved a, a piece of content and then it, it got taken down. The group didn't get in trouble. Um, so, so it's kind of a weird. It, like this is like I found this nowhere else on the internet where this exists. Where, where the Facebook has told us that the admins um, have this level of risk of ruining the group um, versus everyone else, the moderators and the members. Actually, as far as I can see, can't ruin the group unless the admins um, don't don't take action. I hope that makes sense. Um, it, it does, but it's, that, it's also a little confusing, well, as are many of things on Facebook in terms of the rules. Yeah. So, Elisa, yeah, that that's a good point, right? The the, the subtleties that nothing is ever black and white, and, and there's so many stories on Facebook about you know, no, that's not a breast, it's a turnip kind of thing. And because especially a lot of it is automated, what kind of stuff have you seen or what kind of stories come to mind in terms of having some gray areas you had to try to figure out what to do with? A lot of times what we do as our uh, group moderators is that we do, like Deb said, communicate quite often on content that gets posted that we're unsure of. Um, what we do have turned on is we have it where members of the group can actually flag certain content that they feel might be risky or inappropriate. So that comes to our, I guess, app where we can see these alerts being flagged. And so we look at that as moderators. For example, somebody could um, report a, a nipple that's showing out from somebody's uh, photo. And, you know, we have to, <laughs> Chris is better at this than I am. He's got this x-ray you know, view of he can see these pictures and enlarge them and he's got this high quality graphics tool. I don't know what he's got, but he can see um, if Facebook may be able to, you know, pick that up as far as what their bots do. Um, we really try to make sure that the posts don't get, you know, too overwhelmed with revisions. Um, but if we do see something and, and let's say somebody's showing a nipple or maybe there's a part of a scrotum hanging or somebody's in a pose that could result in that being flagged because i think facebook now has more rules coming out about you know seeing your your buttocks and how that if that's the only thing in the picture how that might get flagged if it's you know the only thing kind of centerized in the picture so we we look at that we question it within the group to say you know do you think that's going to pass or do you think facebook's going to flag it and I think if we err on the side of caution, what we try to do is that if we do feel that it might be at risk to get flagged, because that is a hit against the group if it gets flagged as a violation. So, you know, we'll give feedback or sometimes in some cases we'll even fix the pictures for the members because we feel that the picture is worth posting and we don't want to discourage people 
from that process because they want to share these experiences. So we'll either give them, you know, suggestions or feedback on a post why we're taking it down or denying it from being posted, you know, and explain to them, this is why we're doing this and here's how we can correct it, but please repost. So I think a lot of that time is just, you know, how we look at it as moderators and amends to make sure that the, the, the pictures are clean, that, you know, they're going to pass. And it's not so much us. It's just that we know the rules and how Facebook works. And they don't sit there, Facebook's team of, of, of staff sit there and go, well, you know, there's a nipple, we're going to flag it. Like, it's all automated. So Facebook doesn't care. They have their bots that go through the system and flag, and you really have nobody to talk to. So that's why we have to, you know, play that devil's advocate when we start looking at posts. So there's a lot of gray areas all the time that we see. I think we use our best judgment, and some days we take risks, and some days we don't. So Deb, how do you, how do you keep up with all the rules that Facebook has, which are ever changing? Sometimes Facebook seems to try out new real rules before they actually. Um, explicitly describe what they are and so it is a challenge in in that um, we don't always we just follow what it has given us and then if um, rules seem to be implemented um, unfairly we encourage our members to um, contest the the answers or the results that they've been given so if something gets taken down I just had this happen to me last week um, it didn't violate any rules, so um, when it it comes up and tells me that it's been taken down, I just contest it, and hopefully it gets reviewed by an actual human being, or it gets a second look by a bot that isn't quite as restrictive, um, and then we get the feedback that, okay, yes, you can repost this. Um, so it is difficult because it is an ever-changing environment. So, Chris, I mean, it, it's, it sounds very oppressive, right? The the amount of control you have to have, and not because of you, but because of Facebook. Is it worth it to have the group? Um, for people who uh, already feel oppressed in their hometown, in their own home, with a, a spouse that might not approve of their, their love of naturism, uh, th this group gives people an outlet to find out that they're not alone, so I, th I think the uh, it's worth it's worth bucking the system a little bit there to give people a chance to know that they're not alone, and that uh, there are there are others like them that love just the non-sexual naturism uh, aspect of how life can be, uh, and, and then to discover locations. Right, and this is one of our groups points or purposes is to not just find out hey look how I'm naked but where where can you be naked right like where, where can you go where, where trip reports right and locations where you can um, legally uh, and enjoy uh, close free recreation so I think I think it's worth it just for helping people know that there's there are, you're not alone <laughs> and that you, there, there are more of us out there that uh, um, that love the skin that we're in and that we're not ashamed to be uh, naked in nature or in, in a, a nude beach or a nude resort or a, a, some sort of non-sexual public social naturism uh, and, and or private. A lot of our members right now, are, because we're in the, uh, in, um, I think the majority of the group is the USA, like about 70% 70, 70 are in the USA or North American, North America, Canada, Mexico, uh, the USA is about 75% of our members. And so uh, when we're having the cold spell, people are posting photos from their kitchen, right? Or they're um, sharing hot tub photos, uh, which are allowed. So 
that aspect, letting folks uh, post that sort of content gives others hope that they're uh, that they can explore. In fact, most people are on a. Um, I, I don't think it's the same as coming out um, in terms of sexual preference. I think that there are people who, like each one of us, um, as we became a naturist or as we identified as naturists or you know just however they identify, uh, a lot of, most people lurk, right? They lurk before they they uh, come out and will sh they want to share. Like we're social creatures, we want to share. We want to know what each other is doing, um, but. There's that line that it's, it takes a lot of courage to cross that line and say, here I am, you know, in my, doing my favorite thing, whether it's washing my car or, or spending a day on the beach or going skinny dipping or whatever the, uh, you know, the activity is. Um, so so that for, the, for that purpose, I think it's worth taking the risk to, um, to risk losing our accounts, right? I mean, that's really what that's And some people have um, dedicated accounts just for their naturist pursuits. I don't. I think most of us here in this group, we've got, um, we don't have a separate account uh, for naturism, but uh, most most people don't. Most people have uh, just their main account, and so they, they don't want to risk losing their account because naturism is just one aspect of most of our lives. It's not the only thing. May I add to that? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Deb. Yeah. I just want to add there's also the social aspect of group activities such as world naked bike rides, volleyball um, recreation that um, at various private locations, you know, such as Bear Oaks or Shangri-La or, you know, there's different places where people go, beaches, that maybe they'll run a rendezvous with other people who enjoy the same kind of activities. And this is a really valuable resource when it comes to just identifying who your people are and where you can go. and you know, having a scheduled place to meet up with others. Um, and I think that that, not just feeling alone, but having a, a time and space that you could share together is really fun. That's good. Uh, Lisa, you, you could spend your time uh, moderating or hanging out in other social media that may be a little bit less restrictive. Why is Facebook worth your time? I think it's, with Facebook in general, it's a social media platform. So it really brings together people from all over and you know sure there's a Twitter and there's you know Instagram but I think right now Facebook seems to be the go-to social media of choice right now for the nature scene still I mean I think we're getting more and more restrictive and I think some of these groups are starting to use other platforms but I feel that it's still very highly used and personally for me I feel that I have a connection in a lot of these groups. And like Deb said, that we tend to, you know, use this as a tool for education. We see where there's opportunities for us to engage other people of the same mindset. And we can learn from where they are. Um, I know Chris has gone to many hot springs and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, where's that? And, you know, it gives us an opportunity to ask questions, to, to connect with other naturists. And I feel that this group is really well run uh, versus other groups that I'm in. I feel that uh, we have a lot of controls and we really are encouraging that type of communication and that type of socialism. And I think this is an opportunity where people can connect uh, and find out things from other naturists and, and, and just learn and, uh, and maybe even share those experiences down the road when they're running. So Chris, if, uh... 
tomorrow Facebook said, you know what? We've had enough of this. There are no more rules. The only rules you have are your rules. What rules would you get rid of and what, what rules would you keep? Wow, you're saying that Facebook's going to allow us to run however we want? <laughs> yep, that's the new rule starting tomorrow. So how are you going to do that? Well, I think we can we can stop with all the silly censorship, right? And and uh, fem- females can free the nipple, uh, and, and then and then we would have to we'd have a new challenge. Uh, we would have to determine is that person's penis the way it should be, or are they erect? You know, like and so we'd have to draw a line, and this is really difficult. Uh, but we, it's non-sexual naturism; it has to remain that because if it, if it leaves that, if it departs that. Um, purpose, then it's a sex group, and that's not at all what we're we're trying to do here. So this is it has to remain non-sexual naturism, uh, and we have to find a way to encourage that to continue. Um, I, I don't think this is ever going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but it, you know, I I want them to add to uh, Lisa's. Um, you know, she's talking about uh, would you why why stay on Facebook? Uh, I'm looking at the stats right now for the group. Uh, we had this past week 4,023 active members log in, and during some, and that's about 77% of our total membership right now. In summer, that edges towards 92% of our members. So that means we have almost 5,000 people checking in every single day, every single day, just to see. Um, I'm not going to say that we're all skin starved, but uh, people are are extremely engaged, uh, and I don't know that they're engaged in other platforms as much as Facebook. So the engagement is perhaps another reason why uh, why we're, we're not abandoning Facebook. So, but if you were making the rules, you would still have some censorship, then, wouldn't you? We would probably try to draw the line on how do you, how do we like uh, right now we're drawing the line on no bedroom nudes uh, and no indoor shower nudes, just because they always seem to turn sexy. Uh, so we we still have we probably would still continue that. Because again, the point, the overriding purpose has got to be: well, would you do this activity in a public, in a social, like at Bear Oaks, like or on Hollywood Beach, or would you do, would you, would you act this way in public? Uh, and people seem to act a little different online than they do in real life. But that, that's the idea: is it's got to stay non-sexual naturism, and, and we'd have to identify how to, how to keep it in that um, scope. Anything beyond that is just beyond the scope of the group. And Deb, what what kind of so what are the general rules for the uh, for the group? Basically, we want to have the body um, visible in its entirety, so we're not focusing in on a central part of the body. It has to, uh, the image has to have a head, as Lisa mentioned earlier. Um, we can't have any genital showing. Um, even nipples can't show because those are Facebook rules. And we tried to keep it um, in an environment that suggests it's not sexual. So no bathroom, no bedrooms. Um, so those are basically the rules. Um, we, if, if it looks as if it's more than one person and there's sexual activity going on, then we nix that as well. So... Basically, we we want people doing everyday things or showing events that they're at or sharing a location that they're at that they really enjoyed, things that help reinforce the social part and diminish any suggestions of sexual expression. So if somebody was fully dressed in a photo but in a somewhat suggestive pose... Well, that's out because 
Um, we are no tan lines, right? So clothing promotes tan lines. <laughs> so oh, so you can't post you can't post pictures with clothes. Well, not exactly. Um, there are some some we've just discussed this and um, came up with, yeah, that's not really what our group is about. So you have to try to shoot people down the line of sharing what it is that we we are have in common and the naturism is part of that right mm, interesting does somebody else want to add to that so there's a there's a few things that well we we, we were we, we took a month i think um between the admins and the moderators to to come down to uh the female the, the ladies in the moderators wanted to have uh, i think correct me if i'm wrong here but no, no clothes at all um because it, for one in the beginning we used to allow women to match uh they could wear a bottom right because in, in a nude beach um you see women having a bottom and no one shames them for that uh, and then it became clear that, and this is where I'll, I'll credit the moderators helped increase the consistency of our enforcement by saying, you know what, we're 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 double standarding too often. To, we're, we're not enforcing the rules as fairly as we could um, be between the genders. Um, and so the rule was, and th this was highly negotiated. I think for about a month uh, that uh, people would be allowed to wear an apron or a shoulder shawl or hat or boots or shoes. Um, but anything else beyond that is, uh, and, and our members want to wear costumes. And I, I wish they'd just wear body paint because that makes it much easier. But mm -hmm. uh, um, they want to wear costumes. And so right now, um, that's, a, it's a, that's in, the gray, it's in the gray category of um, it's, it's not allowed um, because, again, it, it creates tan lines. So like, we want to make the group fun. But then there's also this, uh, well, what if the what if the costume is sexy, right? What if it's uh, designed to be alluring and um, sexual, and, and uh, often clothes will do that. So, uh, but but right, the newest rule was uh, uh, was number five, which was entails about clothes freedom, no clothes allowed. And so we actually just came out and said no textiles or clothing or pants or shorts or shirts or bikinis or swimmer or thongs or lingerie or no underwear, no, no sarong, no wraps. Uh, hats are allowed. I just read from the, the rule. But we also do allow the um, boots or shoes or flip-flops or whatever they, if they want to wear stockings. I think several like their stockings. Uh, that's not a sexual thing. Um, and I, I argued... Um, I, I think it, it wasn't always that, that this was difficult because we, we were split as a group that um, uh, half the moderators wanted to have pure nudity, no nothing, um, because, hey, we're no tan lines, naturists. Uh, and the other was like, um, well, that's going to cut out quite a bit of content. <laughs> uh, and we want to give people a chance to have fun and participate in, in, in the way that they can. So, Okay. So I'd like to hear an example from each one of you of a, of a specific case that was challenging. And it, it could have gone either way in the end, so it doesn't matter. Hmm. Who wants to go hmm. first? I can go first. So uh, uh, a specific case where like a member, we were having a challenge with a specific member or a problem across <laughs> the group Maybe you well, can uh, yeah, with a specific a specific post or a specific member. You don't name names, of course. I'm just yeah. But uh, the challenge, the challenge being that it was not black and white, right? Hmm. Yeah. So uh, I'm 
this is I'm a guy, so I can uh, maybe I'll, I'll take this uh, this one. Um, some women um, uh, um, uh, want they want to post nudes, uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, and then there's the uh, and the nudes are right in the borderline and maybe suggestive, um, and they're they're feeling like hey I'm just being naked, um, and, and so the challenge is that. Well, your setup and angles are creating men who are um, uh, <laughs> who are saying crazy, sexy things, and and of course uh, we actually ban members um, if if it's a repeated offense um, or if it's blatant objectification of the body, they're just gone because we don't we have no tolerance for that, um, just like we have no tolerance for body shaming. Um, but the challenge, of course, is that. How do you, how do you let somebody share whatever they want? Um, uh, and, and our membership right now is twenty two percent female, seventy eight percent male. So there's a there's an imbalance, uh, and that that took us a year and a half to get to twenty two percent female. My goal like, two years ago was twenty five percent female, uh, and I think that uh, I give a lot of credit to the ladies here in our moderator crew and and our ladies in our group um, that has allowed us to make it a safer place for women so they don't feel like they're going to get attacked via DMs and, and friend requests, even though that still does happen. Um, so, so the challenge is, how, how, do, you, how do you allow um, uh, a member to share whatever they want with, that's um, not going to attract s sexy comments? Whose fault is it? Well, <laughs> yeah. and, and so that, then therefore we actually think it makes our job difficult because um, we have to then remove people who are saying, hey, how sexy is that, right? Or um, and it goes both ways. Sometimes there'll be a, um, a male will post a nude and a female will say, hey, sexy, not knowing that they're stepping into it because um, they know the person personally uh, or their lover or their, you know, we don't know. Um, and so the challenge is that uh, how do you keep it as a non-sexual atmosphere when the poses or the, the looks um, attract. I know I'm in dangerous territory here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the, the pose, the pose is sexual because it is a traditional pose that you would associate with a well, sexy he, he, image? He, he, yeah, here's a, here's, here's a great example. Um, I'll, I'll pick on my own gender, men. If a, if a man posts his legs spread eagle, <laughs> you know, and he's trying to get you to focus on his censored penis, <laughs> that... That's a sexual intentioned pose versus a man who's not spread out like that, right? So, um, so there's there's ways to not be sexy <laughs> uh, in in a pose. Yeah, and so maybe that that's the challenge. And then some some women uh, women I should say both. It's happening on both sides. Uh, will say I'm not being I'm not being sexy. It's like what? Why are these men saying all these things? It's like well, you know, at this point. Um, We've seen everything. I think uh, we can predict with a high amount of predictability what kind of comments will come from which poses because it, the group is so so active that um, and there's so much history um, and the demographics of it being seventy eight percent men, twenty two percent women. So the uh, um, and and not everyone and we don't always um, bring it to the front. We don't always say, "Hey, uh, like we'll drop." hints and we'll drop helpful hints that hey 
this you can't say sexy butt you know or well heck you can't say, right now i'm i'm very aware that facebook is uh text censoring comments so if you say that ass or um you say what a sexy booty that's a scary comment right now in facebook land because they're 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 taking those comments down so we um there's something else i should mention we've got a lot of uh new admin assist tools that give our moderators and, and the admins faster access to things that we wouldn't normally catch. So like keywords, um, alerts, um, thresholds that if, if, a, if a post gets uh, 120 comments in you know, less than an hour, or if they get 400 likes in 30 minutes, like we, we can be alerted to like, hey, pay attention, there's something crazy going on here. Um, and that, that gives our, our moderators and our admins a chance to to step in so that way the group doesn't go off um, off the rails. Okay. Deb, Lisa, I, which one of you wants to be next? I can go. Um, there was one one situation I remember where there was, um, it was a costume um, that was um, on a man with long high stockings and you know, it was a fun costume. I don't know what the circumstance was, but it wasn't only the costume, but then the position of the body and um, very suggestive, suggestive. And so like, okay, how, why is this against the rules or isn't it? And we're, so we have to have a discussion of what's wrong with the hose. Well, um, nothing in particular, but it's maybe the lighting or maybe the the just the body posture that is very suggestive and um or maybe it's the verbiage that goes with it um that tips the scale into sexual and then we go no we'll just nix this one and ask them to submit something else or if it's been submitted with another image just kick out the one that is sexual and leave the other one so that we try to encourage people to participate and then also to be aware of what it is that they're putting out there. And people aren't always aware of what they're putting out there, or they say they aren't anyway. I don't know how mindful people are of their own intentions at times. So that's, that makes it challenging for us. Hmm. Lisa? Well, I agree with Deb's comments, for sure. One of the biggest challenges we have are the repeat offenders. Um, Chris knows this all too well. We tend to have a few of them that really push the limits in our group when it comes to posting. They know the rules, but they do play stupid. Um, I think we really feel that they are good contributors most of the time, and we don't want to discourage it, but we do have to be on top of a few of our key members and really push that warning component. Um, yeah, some of them will be very argumentative with us that what they feel is they're posting is legit or they'll have their stories that, you know, you know, I didn't know. So we really have to review those carefully. And a lot of times we have full arguments back and forth with some of our members. And there comes a point where you have to just decide to say, you know what, this is a problematic member and you know what, I think it's time to let this individual go. And he just doesn't understand what the group's about. And we have to make those tough decisions every day. Some are really easy, but some, you know, require a little bit more thought. 
you know, we, we have to give feedback and we give warnings or we give second chances. But some days, you know, depending on our mood, we may just say, you know what, let's just cut them loose and let's move on. Because I, I, some of them really, they engage people in a negative way. And we really try to create a positive environment. And so when we start seeing, you know, 100 comments from somebody's post because of one particular aspect of it or a comment that's made, we, we really have to really clamp down on those so that we stop the conversations and really start to focus on the positive aspects of what the group is really here for. What well, would you say that the biggest, uh, the, the, the biggest percentage of problems are posts or comments? Wow. That's a great question. Deborah, Lisa, you want to take that one? Chris, I think we have a lot of our members that are pretty open to our feedback when it comes to posting pictures. Um, I do feel that probably the challenges are from the comments. I think if somebody posts something that's you know taken in a certain way, somebody might put in a very risky or gray line comment. And I think it stems other individuals that are maybe a little less respectful. And I think that's where the moderators and the admins get in place and start to flag that openly in the public realm. And I think that's where we have to sometimes pull them aside, which we do, Chris does that very well, um, you know, messaging them directly to say, listen, you can't post this stuff. And that's where a lot of the conversations turn negative. Um, but yet, depending on, like I said, where it stems from the group and the post itself, a lot of it I find is stemmed from just general comments or people that don't agree with something that's posted. Um, just the nature of of misunderstandings that happen when people start interpreting comments differently. And that's no different than from any type of communication. But Chris does a really great job in trying to diffuse that. But I think we are very curt in some of our conversations with our members. And we just don't tolerate some of that. And if they want to continue to argue, these are our rules. So either you stay in the group or we'll get rid of you. And unfortunately, we've had to make those decisions a lot lately. We have 5,000, over 5,000 members, and they're not all here for the same reasons. And I think that's where some of these posts really weed out some of the ones that are here for the right reasons and for the wrong reasons. You know, I, I think uh, a lot of people would like it if you uh, censored everything they disagree with, but never censored them, <laughs> uh, which of course is not ever going to happen. That's the challenge, right? Do you have... Uh, sympathy now for the challenge that is faced by not just Facebook, but all the social media platforms? Do, do, do you feel some sympathy for the challenge that uh, these giant companies face? Or do you think they're, that's their problem and they built it? No, I, I'll, I'll take that a little bit. The, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if I, I, uh, I think that they're actually um, uh, reflecting back uh, they're choosing their problem set, <laughs> and it's their platform. So it's their 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 rules, right? Um, so that uh, I don't, um, um, I th I think that they're reflecting back what will create the least number of problems for ourselves. In, in Facebook's example, I, I think this is a progressive um, liberal company that has weirdly conservative, overly conservative values when it comes to, to skin, uh, right? It's almost like, how does this exist? <laughs> because if it was a conservative company, you'd understand. 
but they're not. They're progressive, right? So they're 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 thought of as as um, um, being liberal and open, um, but yet we have these conservative rules that are, um, and I think, again, reflective of what the society expects of them. And so if we're to change all this, and maybe the free the nipple is a great example of that, if if women everywhere in the world expected the, the top free equality, um, they would expect it from Facebook. <laughs> and right now, it, that's not across the board the reality. So Facebook's really just reflecting back what their majority of their constituents um, want, unfortunately. Fortunately, it's so that so I, I get the challenge that they have is um, if they were to allow all kinds of things that would be against most people's sensibilities, how, how much labor is that going to cost them? And so then they do a calculation, and and I get why that I think they're reflecting back what society is expecting of them more so than what they would like to assert because I, I do think Facebook would like to allow more stuff to fly than they do. Well, the uh, it's a, it's interesting what uh, the challenge, right? Because reflecting their user base, well, which part? <laughs> uh, if you want to make sure you don't offend anybody, um, you shouldn't have a woman even in a bathing suit or showing the top of her head, perhaps. In some parts of the right? world, yeah, correct, yes. So if you're going to take the lowest common denominator, but then, you know, where, will we ever evolve if we never can see or talk about certain things so well and this this is one interesting challenge so that a lot of the moderators that do for on facebook the people who work for facebook are in countries where they are hyper conservative and and some of the things we do here are 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 an affront to their values and yet so so we have we have an american company or it's an international company but which rules do they govern by it seems like they would like the community standards to be worldwide but yet, boy, aren't our standards in every different country different? Well, the community standards for Europe would be that you could show all the nipples you want and nobody would even really think about it. <laughs> but but it doesn't exist. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't exist. That's crazy, right? That doesn't make any sense because there's an example where they're not reflecting the values of, of their constituents, yeah. their members. Well, it's it, what's interesting is the conservatives uh, you know, the, in the United States in particular – think that social media is censoring them uh, and is censoring speech. Um, and so what you're talking about is uh, showing things that conservative people probably wouldn't want to show. There are many experiments going on by conservative groups to create their own versions of social media where they feel that censorship will not happen and free speech will be allowed. So in that case, will they allow free to nipple? Hmm. We hope so in our lifetime. <laughs> it's... It, <laughs> Oh. It's tough. It's a tough. It's not. It's not simple, though, is it? It's just like when Facebook said uh, they would allow nudity if it's art. Well, what is art? Yeah. Do you guys know the answer to that? Well, that's what I think. That the you know, as society tries to define itself, that changes over time. But you still have the backgrounds of the Puritan ethics and those carry through the generations. And so anybody's interpretation at any time can be specific to their area, specific to their their history, their background, to their own personal evolution. So it's a basket uh, of everything. And I think what I see is that 
Facebook is just trying to really take the easy way out. And they're just being, instead of allowing for experimentation and seeing how individual groups such as ours could explore changes in society, they are just trying to nix it all and put a tightrope around it so that um, they don't have to deal with the conflict that results from it. And to me, I don't think that's a very uh, responsible way to have a social platform. Social platform should allow for all the variation in the world. <laughs> you just find your own group. <laughs> but why censor the whole group, the whole platform? You know, Deb, you just reminded me of um, the other challenge. We, you know, in our group, we don't allow, um, even though we support family naturism, right? Uh, we're supportive of that. Mm -hmm. We don't allow um, minors um, in a state of undress or nudity in our group. Um, and, and that's that's like it's, it feels like we we've had to we've, we have to sacrifice some of our values because I think all, most of us are pretty much pro family naturism in a non-sexual way. What's wrong with that? Well, the platform is what's wrong with that. Not in 2021, 2022. This is not the time when uh, th this family naturism on Facebook shouldn't exist because it doesn't it doesn't have a place in this platform, uh, and, and therefore we've had to. We don't actually have it banned in our rules that um, minors in a state of undress are, are not allowed in the group, but we remove that kind of content. And and, uh, and that's not against Facebook Facebook rules, though. No, it's, it's not, not. But no, it's not. Um, it, it's one of those. Uh, uh, I've seen enough where the takedowns are for um, uh, sexual exploitation. Uh, in fact, sexual exploitation of a child. We, I think we saw a member get that takedown. It's like, what the hell are they saying? Facebook's wrong in this case. But again, it's their platform. <laughs> it's their enforcement, however they want to see fit. So we, we've taken the, the, no, the no minors, no children, no teens in a state of undress, uh, despite more pro-family naturism. So it's just not in the group. Not, maybe it's the, it's the wrong platform for that type of content today. So if we could rewrite the way that Facebook runs, then yes, of course we'd like to allow that. Um, but, so maybe Facebook okay. is the wrong platform for naturism and nudism. I don't know. There's a lot of people that scream. When, what, what's the alternative? <laughs> and that's the yeah. question. The question is whether Facebook really is private and whether they really, um, or are they, have they become the public place? There are more people on Facebook than anything else. There's no, no media, no television network. There's nothing that comes close to the reach that Facebook has. Right. And that's not going to probably change for a little while. I, I, don't see that, I don't see that changing for a while. So is that really a, a private place when they can make any rule they want then? Hmm. And then our only choice is to... It, it, uh, what do they call that when you when you when you're a politician and you lose the uh, the consent of the governed? <laughs> uh, meaning, if if um, right now Facebook is selling the milk by giving us these ridiculous takedowns, many of us have just received in the last two weeks. Like they're calling our nude, our non-sexual nude content that perfectly or exceeds current Facebook community standards. They're removing it under the spam uh, disguise of spam. As spam. They're calling it spam. Spam. Uh, yeah, 
we're getting spam takedowns and, and they're they're stealth takedowns because they're not normally when the, when I, when Facebook removes a piece of content from our group we have a, a group quality tab uh, in the admin interface that we can see what Facebook is removing in this case Facebook is, is taking down content that's nude um, and calling it spam and they're not notifying us of the content and I know that it's happening by the dozens right now um, <laughs> and it's just there's, there's no response N normally normally when they take it down and they notify us then we can actually contest it because we can say hey no that's not uh, that's more than meet and exceeds your community standards and usually we win those right usually they reverse them and there's no ding against the group and um, but this this current one is making it like hmm, maybe Facebook doesn't want us to be here it's kind of like they're just kind of taking like just kind of doing spitballs at, at our side and saying don't be here don't be here don't be here uh, and I don't I don't know how long that's gonna last so social media moderation is a challenge um, it's it's very uh, ethnocentric very based on um, ultimately the uh, views and, and sensitivities of people in the United States of America not in other countries. If it was based on all countries, as they suggest, then the lowest common denominator is you wouldn't see any bikinis or bathing suits, and you might not even see women's faces if you don't want to offend or upset anyone. Um, going the other direction, um, if it was based on the sensitivities of Europeans, then certainly women's breasts would be perfectly fine. And probably even for Canada, where you can have women be top free on beaches if they want perfectly legally. So it's complicated. It's complicated also because uh, the social media moderation is done often by people um, who have had very little training, uh, may not have a ton of education in critical thinking to understand some of these complex theories. Uh, maybe trying to follow some really complicated rules. If you search around, you will find that the moderation rules for Facebook have been at time leaked. Uh, they keep changing. So whatever has been leaked is no longer valid. But um, you can see just how complex it is. Um, you know, one of the rules is nudity is okay if it's in art. Well, what's art? I mean, that's a, arguably anything can be art. And of course, that doesn't wash. Um and sometimes people come from cultures, it may not even be a native English language speaker, so you don't understand expressions. Uh, there was a professor at uh, the University of Ottawa here in Canada, Amir Adaran, um, who was permanently banned from, from Twitter for a short period of time, no pictures even, just for what he said, because he suggested that our prime minister, Justin Trudeau, should be tarred and feathered for some policy that he didn't agree with. So he was banned because he was threatening to cause physical harm to the prime minister of Canada. But of course, that's ridiculous. Uh, everybody understands in English, if you are at least in English in North America, that that's an expression that goes back to the old West and that we, nobody's going to really do it, particularly in the context of a professor, a, a PhD from the University of Ottawa. He did eventually get his account back. But the fact that that happened in the first place and the fact that he's able to fight because he happens to be a professor of law and he can threaten to sue people uh, gives him an advantage that others don't always have as i think if you ask most people not, not just naturist 
you ask most people, they've had some sort of experience with a ban uh, or a post being taken down or something like that. So I don't know what the answer is. Because in some ways, we have to have moderation, right? If we don't have moderation, then we get you know, people having horrible things done to them and uh, just disgusting videos of people being tortured and uh, incredible violence, although there's arguably more violence already, even with moderation, than there's nudity, strangely enough. But still, you need some sort of moderation. And it depends who you are and where you are. And in some ways, I guess that's what should matter. If you create a group on Facebook and it's for naturists, then it should be okay to have nudity. You shouldn't join that group if you don't want nudity. That, that should be obvious, right? And if you are creating a, a fundamentalist religious group that is against any kind of nudity, then of course, in that group, it shouldn't be allowed and you let the moderators take care of it. But as you heard in the No Tanlines group, they are moderating much more heavily than even Facebook might out of fear of having their entire group uh, deleted or banned or closed. So, I, th you know, the, and the, the various groups having their own rules actually kind of exists already in a concept, which I really like. It's called a Fediverse. Fedi for Federated or Federation Universe. And that's the idea there is that people create their own version. You know, there's already software available for that mimics the functionality of Facebook and of Instagram and of Twitter and of YouTube. And because it's your own instance, your own local version of it, you make your own rules. You make your own moderation rules. So in a naturist one, of course, you probably wouldn't have any sex, no porn, no nothing sexually oriented because it's naturist. But that doesn't mean that people who are there are against that or don't want to see that. And that's where the federated part comes in. You could be a member of the naturist uh, Instagram. It's not called Instagram, but Instagram version on the Fediverse. And you could subscribe to a, a porn site if you want, if that's your thing, or anything, in fact. Um, and so you can still see what other groups are doing. You still see the posts. And they are moderated in a way you are comfortable with because you would not join those instances on the Fediverse if you didn't agree with their values. But then even there, you know, you will end up with somebody running, and there are some that are running instances on the Fediverse that are naturists, and they have their own rules, which not all naturists might agree with. So even that becomes a challenge. Which rules, what's acceptable, what's okay, what's not? You know, uh, not all naturists agree on what naturism is or what the definition it is. And that's okay in my mind. It's a great big world, and we have to work together. We have some fundamentals that we agree on. But there are some more local things that don't we don't agree on. And I don't know if the Fediverse will catch on because the problem is I've thought of creating my own versions of all those things on the Fediverse. But the problem is it's not the technology. We can set that up. I've got access to that. It's not the money. I can find ways of funding it. It's the time and the moderation that's involved because you do need moderation. You can't get away from it because ultimately we want things banned, censored, uh, kept away from us that we that upset us that we don't agree with, and whatever those are, and we want to see what we agree with. That's uh, full free speech, probably shouldn't exist, completely free speech, but uh, in general, free speech includes things we like and don't like. And I always see people who would like to see certain things banned, and they get upset they get banned, because it's a two-way street, unfortunately. 
So I'm not saying this. Again, I, I, there should be some level of moderation. There are th some things that are just not acceptable in a civilized society. Uh, but it's pretty extreme. And in between, there's a lot of room and a place for discussion and debate. So that will be all for this episode of The Naturist Living Show. Thank you for listening. Again, my name is Stéphane Deschain, and I'm your host for the podcast and the owner of Bear Oaks Family Nature's Park. The producer of the show is Samantha Graham, who keeps things going and does all the editing and keeps me on schedule and keeps bugging me to keep recording more introductions. Thank you for that, Samantha. And if you want to keep things going and you want to help us, please support us on Patreon. If you're already supporting us, thank you. Thank you so much. But if you're not and you've been thinking about it, here's your chance. Go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com, slash naturist living show, just one word. Again, remember, none of the money's for me. I'm not making anything. Everything goes to Samantha to keep the show going so that she can have the time. Um, I've got my work that supports me already. Now we're trying to support her. You'll also find links to all of the items I mentioned in the show notes on our website, which is at naturistlivingshow.com. There's also a link there for Patreon if you want to donate. Please keep sending your comments and your suggestions. I always appreciate reading them. I don't always have time to reply, but I try. The show's email address is contact at naturistlivingshow.com. And we're on several social media channels, always with very limited uh, self-censored imagery because of the moderation that is imposed upon us. You can find links to all those on the website as well. I won't give you the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter links here. That's just too much. Just go to the website, naturistlivingshow.com. I hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll join us again for the next episode of The Naturist Living Show. This episode of The Naturist Living Show was brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. Traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Traditional values means that naturism is more than just taking your clothes off. It is a life philosophy with physical, psychological, environmental, social, and moral benefits. Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park strives to promote those naturist values in a modern setting that provides the amenities and services that our members and visitors expect. Free your body, free your mind. Learn more at www.baroaks.ca.
26th, our time, 1944, is the date Groucho Marx appears on this show. At the sign of the Flying Red Horse. Uh, 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 uh. I beg your pardon? I said, uh, 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 uh. Very pretty, but what does it mean? Well, it means we just can't tolerate this sort of thing. You see, I'm from upstairs. My name is Mr. Trivers. Trivers? Tri- oh, yes, the censor. The censor, better known as vice president in charge of... <whistles> That's dirty. <laughs> What's on your mind, Mr. Trivers? We've told you a dozen times, Mr. Wells, that there's some things you can't do in radio. Why, what have I done? What have you done? Last week in your love scenes, you were breathing heavy again. (laughs) I was? Yes, sir. You embarrassed the whole Middle West. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Trivers. It won't happen again. Won't happen again? Look what you're doing now. You've got red horses flying around in here. Now, Mr. Trevor... You can't do that. The flying red horse is symbolic. It's our signature. It opens the program. Let me show you. The makers of mobile oil and mobile gas, with their compliments, invite you to join us. Invite you to join us. If you're not careful, Mr. Trivers, you're going to wear out your... Uh-uh. Invite you to join us at the sign of the flying red horse. Tonight and every week at the same time over these same stations, the makers of mobile gas and mobile oil bring you Orson Welles. 